welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. This episode is with a dear friend and a returning guest who is Garden or Nick. And if you're an OG Where Are All My Friends listener, you know that he was one of the first ever episodes that I did. And it was such a rad episode. I have so much respect for him. So we were talking and we thought it would be fun to check back in. That episode was almost two years ago and so much life and growth has happened since then. So I wanted to do this episode to talk about all of that. Since that last episode, Nick got signed and then went back to being independent. We talk a lot about that and what what he learned in that process. We talk about him writing a lot of his new music and just catching up on life in general. I freaking love him and it's always such a fun conversation with him. So let's get right into it. Where are all my friends? Uh, I'm with my friend. We're back, dude. Back, baby? I saw your face on this Zoom and I got a wave of happiness. As soon as I saw you, I was like, holy fuck, I miss you. I got giddy. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. It's crazy because we talked about this. We were texting a little bit. We've been texting for a couple weeks to like get the right time. But we kind of just had this moment where it was like, dude, I fucking miss you. Like, how you been? And we were talking about the first podcast. And that was like, dude, that was one of the first ever podcasts I recorded and you were so gracious to deal with myself in the very beginning of just like yeah dude sure why not no it was awesome too it was like right after tour we were just kind of like chilling at the crib you're like yo you're like do you want to do the podcast and we're literally it was literally in your room we just had like the two mics set up it was it was cool calm and collected it was very nice dude it was early days for me yeah, it went beautifully though. I think it. Yeah. I think it turned out well. I think. Uh, yeah, looking back at it now, it was perfect. It was perfect yeah. in the way of just like it was so honest, and we were just in this spot in our lives, concluding this tour. And I'm so glad we did record right then, because like, who would have thought it was such a time capsule of a moment in life? No, nah, it it definitely cemented a moment in time. And I think it's like really cool to reflect on and just like go back and be like, damn. But you know what I was thinking about was I was thinking about how crazy it is that like so much has changed on one page, like so fucking much. But then the things that have stayed the same and that one got Mm -hmm. me equally as like emotional in a happy way or in just like a way where I was like, that's so nuts how much like absolutely unexpected change could happen and things can be different yet Mm -hmm. like the common through lines and the friends that we've maintained and like Dylan and shit like that, where it's like some things just never change. And that makes me really happy. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. I feel like looking back at that first episode, like my social skills have not changed that much at all. Yeah. I'm still like just that awkward dude. I'm like super open and honest, but I'm like really strange, I guess. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like that was like, at the end of that episode, I asked you some questions and I like the thing that you went back to was like being yourself, like not being afraid to be yourself. And I think that like the Nick that I met and the Nick that I became friends with, like I understood that you used to be this like super shy, like kind of reclusive person. But I watched you just like overcome it. Like it wasn't like you were like, oh, I'm better than this and this doesn't exist anymore. But you were just like, I can do this. I got this. And like I saw it and I'd see it every night on stage. And I think that that's still stayed there. Yeah. And I think like 
being because I like I've always been like this, but I think like being in your like late teens and like coming out of like high school and like adjusting to like the real world, you grow to realize that like life's not like high school. Like there's not like those those gimmicks and like the way people treat you. Like that doesn't really transfer to real life and like how the real world works it's almost it's it's similar in like comparison to the internet like how people treat you on the internet and compared comparison to like real life where yeah. people will like treat you like shit and like belittle you and like make you feel like lesser of a person but then you get out there and you surround yourself with people that are like-minded or like people that just get where you're coming from and like the type of person you are and you kind of like find your footing or you find your like placement in life and it, I don't know, just like even, even just doing that tour, like that first run with you guys or even the second run and just like hanging out with all of you, it made me realize that like, I'm not as weird as I like felt or as like weird as people made me feel. And it kind of like got me out of my shell into a place where like, I was like, Oh, I'm still fucking awkward. Like that's, that's just me. Yeah, that's just me, and that's but that's, that's something to be proud saying. of. Like that's something to just own and be like, yeah, I'm fucking awkward, and that's okay. Yeah. And like in knowing that, and in like knowing and getting to know like all of you, I was like, wow, like this is an attribute that doesn't just exist in my realm; it exists in everybody's realm to a different extent, and that's cool as fuck. Like it was just it was just nice to be surrounded by people that understood where I was going from and it made me feel weird about like how I interacted socially or like how inept I felt at some times. Like it just, it, it felt natural and it was really cool to just be in a world where I could be me. You know what I mean? And I think like touring in general and just like being an artist and putting myself out there online or just like at a show, et cetera, has made me more comfortable with myself on a day-to-day basis and with other people. So it's, it's, it's been a process, but it's been really cool. I can't believe you're saying that because what you just said there in better words than I could was the exact feeling that I had when I went on my first tour. Because when I first started touring, I was like 18 years old and to a degree I had found myself like, I like knew that I liked skateboarding and cars and like knew that I like didn't fuck with sports and like, you know, like I liked being the class clown, like whatever, like I kind of knew myself. But I also felt like this weird, like what you said of like, I felt really awkward. I felt like my jokes and my humor didn't land with everyone. I wasn't sure if that was okay, whatever. And as soon as I got in the van with my friends and like they were all the same as me, I was like, I'm a misfit. I'm an outcast. And that's the best thing in the fucking world. And that's what makes me different. You're like proud to be yourself and you're proud to own your weird. And I think that that's like the best fucking part of any touring or whatever that is whatever that feeling is no definitely and i think like like that first run and that second run were like a lot of those locations that we traveled to is the first time for like a lot of a lot of us that were in that van or maybe even all of us um so it was just like a a collective experience and it was cool to just kind of like share that moment and like not feel like there was any cast of judgment or like any like weird, I don't know. It just, it, it felt natural and it, it was, it was super fun. And I, I reflect on it from time to time and it's just like a super cool moment that I instill in my head a lot. So I was thinking it would be kind of fun, like, because that was two years ago to talk about like 
what's changed like fucking crazy and what's stayed the same. I know we're recording a podcast, but honestly, I feel like I'm just yeah. on the phone with you catching up. Like, what's nah, been really. good? What's the latest, dude? I feel like there's so, so much since then. I'm trying to think of like dates specifically. I'm pretty sure it was like right before the second tour. I moved to I moved out of my mom's initially. Moved out of right. my mom's and moved to Columbus, Ohio. Uh, with my friend Andy, uh, his alias is the Breathing Backwards. Shout out! He Andy. did the pod. Yeah, yeah, dude, man, I fucking man, love him. Yeah, He's a cool guy, very cool. But yeah, we lived together for a year, and then after that, I had moved. Uh, I don't want to disclose yeah, yeah, yeah. where that's. At. I, I'm about to move again, but um, moved a little south from Ohio, and I have lived here for about a year and a half, almost two years. Um, but yeah, no, I've just, I've just been chilling. The pandemic hit and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Cause that, that pandemic hit in the middle of a tour that I was on with Gucci High Waters and Lund. It oh, was, fuck. I remember. Yeah. I remember that, that tour. I didn't realize that that was in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. It hit, I think, shit, I don't, I don't even know where we were at when it really like, People were like, yo, this is like a thing and it's serious. But I remember getting to Texas and people were really hesitant. I started getting DMs and stuff. And I was like, uh-oh, this might be like, like a real yeah. thing. Like, it's not just a scare anymore. And this is February of 2020. So, Whoa, you were um, starting to feel it in February. Yeah. Like, that was I was really- like, I was aware of it because I was managing an artist that was going out. And we had a similar thing and it was like, do we go? But they weren't headlining. So it was like, just follow the headliner. And it, it wasn't until the first week of March. I want to say like March 7th. I was like, this shit might get canceled. No, and that's exactly what happened in our situation too, is we, we just played a show in Dallas, really cool venue, had a blast. We we're going to play a show in Houston and we decided against it just because of everything that was going on with COVID. And we jumped straight to San Antonio. Uh, yeah. Paper Tiger, San Antonio. Shout out Paper Tiger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get there and we just fucking had a ball. Like, super good time. Met everybody. Green rooms, just literally like a couch sitting behind the venue outside. Yeah. Very, like, the vibes are fucking immaculate that night. We yeah. ended up going bar hopping. Like, just had a really good time. And then... We wake up the next day and we're heading to Arizona, Scottsdale. Um, I think it was the same venue that we had played on the version three. Oh, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what Pub Rock, I think. Pub Rock, yeah. Pub Rock. Very I that I still think to this day, that show on the version three tour, one of the best shows I've ever played. So fun. Crowd was crazy. Area was just cool. That was the night. That was the night where I was like, oh, FM can fucking sing. Like, he thought he had auto-tune on. You remember that? Dude, yes. We yeah. dead ass thought he had auto-tune on. And I was mm-hmm. like, what's going on with this? Like, I didn't know he brought an auto-tune pedal or some interface. And they're like, dude, he, he's just him singing. And I was like, Yeah, he didn't, he didn't even know until he got off stage. We're like, yeah, like, you didn't have any effects on your mic. He's like, what the fuck? I was like, yeah, you just kind of like did that thing, dude. Dude. Super cool. That was that was one of the shows that I was like, damn, like this is this is really a thing. Like this is not a hobby anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. So we we're heading there. Um, 
and I think it was like the governor or the mayor or something of Arizona had made a mandate where it was like only 10 people per event or something like that. Some crazy oh, wow. shit. It was like, and small. I was like, yeah. So he, it pretty much canceled like every, every show. Um, after that we had, I think two, maybe three California shows. All of those had gotten canceled like that either that day or the day after um, due, to, due to the pandemic. And we were just like, fuck. So we went right from San Antonio straight back up to LA, stayed there for like three days. And then everybody just flew home after that. Uh, me and my, it's not my stepbrother anymore, but I, I still refer to him as my brother, uh, Chaz M, another artist. Um, we stayed at Lund's house for like two or three days. And then we flew home, uh, but we just like kicked it in LA for a little bit. Real quick, Lund, yeah. coolest dude ever. This dude has like, he has a fucking, I think it's like a, I don't, I don't think it's an exotic cat, but I think it's like a, Is like it a, a Bengal lit- cat. The ones that yeah, look like, like a little tiny cat. tigers. Cat. Yeah. yeah. He's got like a Bengal cat. He's got like a, like a big fucking snake. He's got like a bunch of reptiles. Snake? Dude, go, okay. Going to his place, it felt like I was going to like a petting zoo. He's got like so many cool animals and like nicest dude, nicest fucking dude. He's got like this grand piano like in front of his window and the beach is like right there. I felt like I was like living in a like crazy fucking like early 2000s movie or some crazy shit. Dude, and on top of that, it's like mid pandemic. So you're like, life is a fucking simulation. Like what is happening? Like I'm in. Exactly. (laughs) exactly and i'm just like posted up on this dude's couch with my brother so we're just chilling (laughs) oh my Um, god very cool experience but we we flew back to to buffalo and then my mom picked us up shout out to my mom Um, shout out to mama garden yeah that's that's how tour ended and we're just like fuck like this is what's going on now and then like all the mask mandates hit like everything just like slowly like rolled back out and like went to peak probably around like April or May. And at that time I was like, fuck. Um, And then May is when I ended up moving here. Um, So I moved like mid pandemic and I didn't, I don't know fucking anybody out here. I have a cousin that lives like an hour away. I didn't even know he lived an hour away. It's like, so Um, like, was that, was that therapeutic for you? Or like, was that like a, like, I don't know, because like, obviously the unique part of your artist project is even without touring, like you stream pretty well. And I guess we'll get to this too, because you've had the experience of being independent and signed, but like you can exist just off of internet version of garden. So like when it was all happening, were you like, fuck it's over. I have to do something else. Or were you like, yo, this is a chance to like find myself and just chill or like, what was going through your head? Cause like you're moving like that. That's so much all at once. Yeah. It was, it was kind of like a combination of the two. Um, it, I guess it just depended on the day, but like initially moving in here, I was like, Oh fuck. Like this is going to be a headache. Like gotta grab all my shit, like get a U-Haul, et cetera, yada, yada. Like drive's going to suck. Um, Luckily, uh, my friend Dylan, who's also my manager, shout out Dylan. Dude, D-Soaps. like we need we need like a fucking shout out for Dylan. Like, yeah, we, we need a, do a proper 
like a pause of the story. And yes, there needs to be a part three and he needs to join and tell his sides of the story. But like, I just feel yeah. like it's, it's, it's not even right to say like, oh, like, I mean, you said friend, but like when I hear manager of an artist, I'm like, oh yeah, cool. He's like, oh yeah, he's chill, whatever. Like he's, he's the manager, but he's chill. Like Dylan is our friend. Like Dylan is a, like, we fucking love him. Like he's just a rad dude. Like it's, it's. Yeah manager is so on the side it's like excellent fucking human being ride or die guy oh yeah, yeah he's that's also my guy manager. yeah that's one of my best friends that dude i don't know like real quick i, I won't dive too deep into this but met that dude in 2018 through some fucking emails that dude yeah, was dude. emailing me real quick emailing. i remember him telling me him emailing you being like i need to meet him like i i, I like i believe in this so much like telling me the story i was like oh yeah. So go on. So persistent with emailing me. We ended up meeting up my first time going to New York City. We hung out for like a long weekend, went to the last warp tour. Like wow. just had like a super cool like moment in time. Um ended up starting to work with him within like I think two, three months. He like got me a really cool, fucking solid deal with yeah. a smaller independent label. Yeah. Ended up doing that for a while. Just got out of that earlier this year. Like it's been yeah. fucking smooth sailing and I don't think I would have ever gotten any tour offers. I don't think I would have ever like made this much of an impact in my career if it wasn't for Dylan. So Dude. shout out Dylan. D so fucking Definitely. shout out Dylan. I echo everything you just said. Artists D-Sosa. are lucky to have a man like that. So just to add to the, to the D Sosa sauce train, yes. um, this dude drove his fucking car from LA yeah. all the way to the East Coast, like a 30-hour drive just to help me move from where I was at to like a little a little bit south. It's like maybe like a four-hour drive yeah. um, from where I was at. So he he helped me like pack all my stuff into a U-Haul. He helped me get the U-Haul. He like helped me settle in, like helped me find some people on Facebook Marketplace to get some like cool vintage furniture from. Found a fucking like dude that works at a fucking flea market here that like has the hookup, like bunch of like crazy, crazy, crazy. Sounds shit. like Dylan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It does sound like Dylan. Yeah. That's what he does. <laughs> um, hooked it up, stayed here for like a month and a half, two months. Met a girl. He fell in love. They moved to Portland. Shout out fucking Portland. Shout out Dylan. Shout um, out love. Yeah. Shout out love one time. <laughs> um, but yeah, all of that was like mid-pandemic. And I like didn't know what the fuck I was doing with my life other than like, oh, I'm going to move to this really cool house in the middle of nowhere and like just make music. So in the middle of all that, I was like trying to adjust to this weird period in my life where I'm like, before this, I was like, oh, if anything ever happens like this, like I didn't, I didn't have COVID in my mind, but I was like, oh, if yeah. anything ever happens like this, like I'm fine. I live on the internet and yeah. I, I don't hang out with people really like regularly like i i see my friends back home maybe like once every like month or two which is fucked up but no um, but i mean it is true like it's the positive side of it is like you've built a community and a ton of friends off of the internet and that is something that you had been doing yeah exactly so i i went into it optimistically and was like okay like i'm just gonna make the best of this make some really dope music and i i started making an album everything just kind of like got chaotic. I like felt like I kind of like lost part of myself in the process. And I like 
was going back and forth between here and like visiting my mom. And it's like damn near like a 10 hour drive to like get up there and then 10 hours back. So it's like, if you're going up there for a weekend, yeah, you're going up there for a weekend. It's like 10 hours up, 10 hours back. And then it's like, okay, well, yeah. And it's like, are you going to do that next weekend too? So there was times where like every week or every other week, I was just going 10 hours up, 10 hours back. And that was just to like, hang out with my mom, see her for a day. The next day, I was just hanging out with friends smoking weed, just like being dumb. Like, just yeah. like, whatever. Like, let's hang out and waste time. Like, yeah. this is fun. This is super nostalgic. But like, you come home from that and you're like, bro, like, what is your purpose? And you're like, you're alone and you're asking Dude. yourself all these weird questions. And you I get think like, we all well, felt that. Like, all of us doing yeah. that shit was like, what is the fucking point? Like, what is the purpose? What do I care about? Like, what matters? Right. And it, like, it got to the point where I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you need to, like, really, like, lock in on what you're doing right now and expand on that tenfold. So I started working on this project called So That's It, huh? Which, in in retrospect, like, I still think was a really cool idea and a really unique concept, but also in retrospect, like listening back to it, I'm like, eh, like there's some pros and cons to this. And overall, like it's, it's a decent project, but I really like focused in and like tried to finish that project during peak pandemic for me. Um, and all while that was happening, uh, my girlfriend was coming back from Japan and was just moving in and settling in. So I, and this is like right after Dylan had left. So I was alone for maybe like a month. And then my girlfriend came back and we started living together. And this is the first time I had really lived with a significant other, like anybody really. Yeah. Um. So I was like, fuck, like this, this is new. This is different. And I was trying to make an album all within this process. And like, I just like it. Anytime like really like drastic shifts like that happen in your life, you learn how to adjust and how to like reform yourself and like like really like redo what you're already doing. And that alone was like a really hard process for me to really like cope with and understand and handle. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like that happened mid-pandemic, and then like I mean, shit's still happening right now with the pandemic, but it yeah, it is not exactly back to what it was yeah coming like on the tail ish end of it um i'm trying to move right now been working on a bunch of music got a bunch of songs with friends coming out all my friends so i I made a bunch of songs with my friends this year and then everybody said oh the year's closing let's all drop everything in november and i said that's a horrible idea (laughs) (laughs) but you're the supportive friend and you're just like i mean so yeah if you look at Nick's Spotify right now, it's just fucking tracks on tracks of features. But that's cool. Yeah. It's I think cool. within the last shit, maybe eight weeks, there might be like whatever. I don't know when this will come out, but like if you look back, whenever this comes out, if you look back the last like eight to ten weeks, I guarantee there'll be at least ten tracks out that either yeah. are like me being primary artist or I'm featured on it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But then in that, because you kind of you said a couple of things there that made me think of other questions. So I want to talk about some of the music you've released, because since that tour and since we were hanging and everything in like 2019, you've you've released quite a lot as an artist. And 
you've also had an experience and and I don't mean this like this isn't me looking for dirt at all at all at all and I know it was pretty damn civil but like you did a deal like you had an experience where you were working with a label and now you're back to being independent and I'm so curious like you release I want I want to hear about the projects like you talked about one project and then you've released a dope acoustic EP and you have also had an experience of like signed unsigned experiences and I think that that's a helpful thing like I'm curious for anybody listening to this who maybe has built some amount of traction on their own and is independent and maybe has labels asking like what what kind of advice or like what can you speak to that in like totally no drama way but just like what what have you experienced what did you learn from that so i think like before diving too deep into this one thing that i could say for anybody that's just listening to this or just anybody that's like independent right now and they have the option to sign to a label or just to do some sort of deal is definitely think about it read everything that uh entails what you're about to go into um my experience personally was great um i i had a really good time i worked with this uh, smaller independent label called photo finish uh, shout out matt gailey super cool guy um yeah. he's he's worked with so many fucking people he's worked with my chemical romance taking back sunday etc the whole nine yards yeah. um really cool guy that whole team has just been he's like super respectful career yeah no that dude and even just like the connections i've made through him or just like the people he's introduced me to are such interesting characters and just like people that have so many fucking crazy stories that i'm like whoa like even shit like I remember, I don't want to like name drop, but I had, uh, I've only done five studio sessions. All my shit, I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck to anybody listening. Everything that I do, I record on a fucking HP Pavilion laptop that was a couple hundred bucks at Walmart and a fucking $100 USB mic, the Blue Yeti. That's all my shit. Secrets out, cats out the bag, box, whatever. You know how but, fucking cool and encouraging that is? Like right before we yeah. started this, you were like pointing the camera at your computer straight fucking falling apart. And you're just like, yeah, yeah I still record on. I just plug it into a monitor so I can see. I can, yeah. yeah. Mean, so anyway, we got a little bit sidebarred. You're keeping it at 100. You record your shit on a basic setup. Anybody can do yeah. this shit. You were, you are like the core example of an independent artist making it work. Mm -hmm. So you sign to a label and you get this chance to experience working with like big fucking producers and shit like that. I think that's kind of where we were at. This shit, all this shit like stemmed from meeting my manager. So we met in New York City for a weekend, talked a little bit about music. It was mostly just like gaining a connection, like a personal connection with one another. So we, we talked a lot about our personal lives and, and, and whatever. Um, eventually that led to him being like, Oh, like, I, I don't really remember how the conversation came up, but I was like, Oh yeah. Like there's some A&Rs and like label people that have been emailing me. One of them happened to be Matt Gailey who ended up being the person I worked with. So, um, we were on a subway in New York city and I'm going through my email and I was like, yeah, blah, 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 hit me up. And like, Dylan's like, okay, okay, okay. And then I was like, yeah, and like, Matt Gailey from Photo Finish. And he goes, and I'm like, what? And he's like, dude, fucking Matt Gailey hit you up? What the fuck? Why didn't you tell me that? Why didn't you forward me that? Blah, blah, blah. He's like going off on me in this subway. 
And he's Holy like, dude, you should have told me that. He's like, we can get a meeting this afternoon, like blah, blah. And we ended up getting a meeting um, with like a company that they had worked with um, the following evening. I think Matt Kelly was on vacation or something. But that meeting was kind of like, eh, whatever, because it was with a talent a talent agency that they had worked with. And some of those A&Rs are kind of like, eh, whatever. Mm. So I was like, whatever about it. Uh, just enjoyed the rest of the weekend. Started like working with Dylan uh, full time, like as my manager. And then a couple months later, he was like, yo, got you locked in for this tour and this tour and this tour. Yeah. And like, we're going to have a meeting with Photo Finish, with Matt Galley, with everybody. So it was me, my friend Keem Flowers, yeah. um, and Dylan. We, we went back to New York City. This was the middle of the five shows that I did with Oliver Francis, opening for him. Yeah, and so I signed my first deal. Uh, I think it was either, I think it was the end of November, beginning of December 2018. And I was with them for about two, a little over two years. Super cool. Uh, I, I had a good experience, but overall, I think like a majority, and this is, this is more so major labels. So I, I wouldn't really worry about this if you're like talking to ARs or if you're talking with smaller independent labels, but a lot of major labels kind of focus on singles or they go, oh, this one song has potential and they really push and they push and they push for that one song. And what I kind of saw with my deal is they, they saw a lot of potential in I Think You're Really Cool. Um, it had a lot of success on TikTok. It had a lot of radio success. And eventually it kind of fizzled out and they were like, oh no. And it, it like kind of like felt like I made a song that was a moment in time, which I, I kind of consider a lot of my songs moments in time. Mm-hmm. But to them, they were like, oh no, like if this is just a moment in time, like this is an L, we really got to push this. So I think a lot of labels, and this isn't me trying to like stir the pot or anything, but a lot of labels kind of focus on those hit songs and the potential of those hit songs rather than your entire discography. Whereas if you're an independent artist, you can kind of focus on marketing yourself however the fuck you want. Like you could, you can push for one song, you push for two songs, you can push for a project, et cetera. So I think in working with a label, you have a lot of potential to expand your connections. You have a lot of potential to expand your career as a whole through one song, two songs, five songs. It just, it all, it all depends on your situation and the scenario. But I think overall, it's kind of smart to stay independent if you know how you want to navigate your career. And where I was at at the time, I was really lost in what I wanted to do and what I could do. And I didn't really see a lot of potential in myself. So being on a label really kind of brought that attention towards me. And they were like, yo, you can fucking do this. And they really kind of like put the battery in my back. And it helped me understand my full potential. And even though there was like some highs and lows in that situation, as there is anything else in life, um, I, I came out of it learning a lot. And it was a big learning experience for me. And overall, it was a positive experience. So to anybody that's listening to this that is kind of being like, oh, should I should I sign a deal? Should I work with like these people that are hitting me up? Just think about it. Just put some thought into it. Um, no harm, no foul. And uh, Dude, you said that yeah. really well. And like what I Thanks. took <laughs> took away from that is like, 
that's not you trying to be like political or diplomatic or anything like that. Like, I think Mm -hmm. you said that really well. And I think your advice to an artist is really good because what you said there is like, you didn't really know who you were and you felt like you needed help. And in all reality, you got opportunities and help that you never would have gotten without that. However, it's to a degree a business, right? And you're giving up a percentage of a catalog or whatever you're giving up for those opportunities. And sometimes that's totally worth it, but it's something to be aware of. Read the contract, know what you're giving up, know what the deal is. But also like what you said about the moment thing, I've never really heard anybody explain it like that. And I've worked on both sides, like with independent artists, like being just on tour with them, whatnot. And then I've worked with labels and, you know, managers and as a label kind of. So like labels looking for moments, that's not a bad thing. That's not saying like all you are is a moment or a single to them, but that's Mm -hmm. where labels can shine. That's where they can go to other partners like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, wherever, and say, hey, I work with this artist and this moment is happening and you should pay attention. And that's kind of like the common speak. Like that's that's the language of the industry is, oh, you have a moment? Let us know about this moment. We'll showcase this moment. But there's not really as much space to say, oh, you have this project. You have this whole long visual concept. You have this thing that's bigger than this. Sure, if you're fucking massive, if you're Beyonce or I don't know, fucking just like big artists, like, yeah, there's more attention. But for a smaller developing artist, really the only amount of attention you can get is a moment. So if a label Mm. sees a moment, they'll help you raise that moment. And if you're losing that moment, they'll say, hey, what can we do to get another moment just like this? And as an artist, maybe you say, well, that's just one moment. I don't want my career to be defined by that. And I don't want to just make that same thing over and over again. So Mm. you kind of just fucked me up with that. Like, that's a really good way to put it. And I understand it now differently from an artist's perspective. Yeah. And I think like even like, Thinking about that from an independent point of view, a lot of artists, even like outside of music, like if you're not a musician or an artist, like a lot of artists or musicians or just bands that you listen to, you'll find them through that one song. And I think it's kind of up to you as a listener to indulge in the rest of their catalog or like dive deep into their discography and that that ultimately is up to the listener. That's not up to the artist. That's not up to like the label that they're signed to. That's not up to anybody but the listener. And I think if you have one song that really sticks with somebody, they're bound to check out the rest of your stuff. If they like it or not, that's up to them. But I think as a label or just like as anybody that works in the music industry, you kind of go into it thinking that like, oh, well, like this song will push them this much further to other people checking out this song as well as the rest of their stuff. So I don't think like a label focusing on one single or or just like one track out of your discography is necessarily a bad thing. I think if you I'm trying to think of how to word this, I think if you don't make I don't want to say like if you don't make a song that's that significant or like that good as that song then you like won't be able to fulfill your listeners needs but i think like if if that one song captures a lot of attention and that eventually like kind of like fades into the people like checking out the rest of your stuff and like that's that's good that's a good thing and that's something that like as an artist you'd want um 
But I, I don't know. I think a lot of people get lost in where their focus should be rather to like where, where it is. Um, and that's kind of like, perhaps I could, what I hear in that is like a label will probably push you to write a song. Like we all know, like that feeling of a single, right? Like there's more of the structure and there's more of the, like, Oh, you find your niche, you find your number one song that fans like, and you can kind of replicate that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a bad thing that a label pushes you towards that because they know that they can get closer to that moment that leads to more fan discovery. But then as an artist, don't be fooled or don't lie to yourself about what it is. And it's like, if you falsely prioritize only making those discovery moments and don't build the connection with your fans and don't build depth to your project, what do you think is going to happen? And also you can kind of get caught up in chasing the false goals of only making that. Whereas an independent artist, it maybe forces you a little bit more to really understand and define an entire project and an entire artist as yourself and an identity. Is that right? And I think like, regardless of if you're independent or signed, like I think the habit that a lot of artists fall into is they get so caught up in the opinions of their fans or their listeners and they go, Oh, well, like this got a lot of dislikes on YouTube or like people didn't like really fuck with this track on Spotify. This didn't get playlisting. How can I change that rather than like, Oh, let me kind of just like live in it, make a song that is true to me and that speaks my truth. And people can resonate with that a lot of people would rather like fall on the opposite end of that and go, oh, like, how do I please my audience? And one thing that I really appreciated with working with my team was there was never any real like pressure to make a certain like type of sound where there was never oh, that's like, cool. yeah, they never like, like they really did push. I think you're really cool because that was my strongest single at the time. And I mean, it still is, but it was never like, oh, I want you to make another song that is the equivalent to I think you're really cool. It was always like, what are you doing next? Like, we're just excited to hear what you're doing next. And like, we do phone calls every now and then. I was always fucking awkward as hell with those. (laughs) But it was just like, I don't know. It just like, it felt cool to be surrounded by a bunch of people that really like believed in what I was doing and were just like stoked for whatever was to come. And I think being like being somebody coming out of like working within the music industry, that's really hard to come by. And Mm. I think a lot of people go into it being really naive. And a lot of them are really young people. A lot of these artists that are like popping off now are 16, 17. And when I, when I really had like what a lot of people would consider as like my moment or like whenever I really got signed, I was, I was in my early twenties. Like it wasn't like I was a teenager anymore. It was like, I, I kind of knew, I didn't know it was coming, but like I had that knowledge in my mind and a lot of these kids don't. So I think, I think it's just really important for them to just read into like the fine print and like know what they're getting into and really question not only their motives or like what, what they have in mind, but like what their team has in mind for them and what their motives are too. So that's, that's so fucking cool, yeah. dude. That's so yeah, take fucking that with a cool. Salt, no, that's cool, man. It's like, I wanted to have a conversation just like that, where it's like, I wasn't looking for B for you to like spill the tea and talk about how shitty it is to be signed. But it's just like, 
I think there's a lot to be learned from someone as like honest and real as you to be like, yeah, cool. I've experienced both and here's where I'm at. So thank you for sharing that. Like straight up, that's fucking cool. And I I hope that that helps people. Yeah, no, of course. That's, uh, that's all I can hope for out of this is that it helps other people. And everybody that I've worked with too, is like very, like they, they know where I stand on the situation and like, they, I don't know, very, very cool people. Shout out to them. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So where are you at now? You you put out a couple of projects. Um, you put out the acoustic EP. I thought that was really cool. Hey, thank and you. then what else? Like, t- tell me, like, fill me in, like straight up. Like, again, so, I feel like I'm on the phone catching up with my friend and like, I feel bad. Yeah. I, I feel like I've missed some shit. So like fill in the friend that, that needs to know, catch me up. Nah. So it's, it's just can, kind of been like single after single. Um, I'm trying to keep it kind of like single oriented up until I feel like I have like a strong body of work. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll be an EP or like a full length, um, kind of like juggling right now. I have, I have a lot of stuff that's in the vault that I'm like, oh, this is cool. But it's all like halfway done or like three quarters of the way done. And I don't feel really strongly about it. So I'm like, I'm kind of just like, like I have, I'll even show you. I have this notebook. Oh, it's cool. literally just like a journal that I bought at Target. It's this journal. It's like a marble print thing. Yeah. Every project that I've done for the last year, I even have I says Garden, uh, 2013 to Infinity, and I have oh like God. I've got like all of my planning for like any project that I've ever worked on. It's just like oh weird drawings my and God. shit. But like I have like all these notes and just like hot like like moods for like certain songs, like writing concepts and just like track title ideas and like who I want to work with. And just like, I write to do's on here. I have a whiteboard over there with like all the stuff that I need to do within that month. Um, So I, I try to keep myself focused within that. To conclude this. And I don't know if you, if you saw this coming, mm-hmm. um, but we, I, I feel like we have to, we set it up way too perfectly in the first episode. I asked you a series of questions and I was like, we can come back to this in a little while in like a year or so. And I was listening back and I was like, holy fuck. Like it's so perfectly set up. So I have to ask you the same questions. I'm down. I'm so down. All right. Do you remember them? I'm hoping you don't because I think it'll be more fun. not entirely. Okay. Right. Okay. Good. 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 I. I. Uh, that wasn't to like set up to be like. Oh my god! You don't remember? Like, Not I think yet. this will be more fun. All right. Okay. Cool. Biggest show you've ever played. Biggest today. show. I think I could be wrong, um, but I think it was. Was it El Rey? I think you were there. El Rey Theater in L.A. on okay. the Nash yeah. tour. Yeah. And I yeah. think that venue is like a thousand cap. Yeah. Um, I was just opening, but still like that room was full when I was opening. And being in the crowd for like Mallrat and Nash's set, like that that show was insane. And it was, I don't know, it was just like such a different experience for me. Yeah. Um that's funny. So think- that was your answer. You were split between the two. In the last one, you you brought up El Ray. And you were like, dude, it was crazy. It was so big. And yet you clarified too. You're like, it wasn't my crowd. And then we talked about the West Coast version three tour. And you were like, LA. dude, yeah. Yeah, the LA show. What what the fuck was that venue called? Was it? Oh, um, fuck. Was it Hi-Hat? 
Yeah, hi hat, hi hat. It was hi hat. Yeah. Green room upstairs that we That's filmed right. that gas video in. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That show is crazy too. All right, bet. Okay, cool, cool. I mean, that one is also a funny answer because since we talked, there was a giant pandemic and you went on like half a tour. So I guess yeah. that's to be expected that that answer stays the same. I wasn't sure if there was one that I would miss or if that would be the case. This is a cool one. Proudest achievement to date. Oh, oh my God. Um. I don't know, man. I feel like as far as music goes, I think maybe just this last project, like things could be worse, that that acoustic treehouse EP. Um, just because it was super out of my element. Like you listen to that doesn't sound anything like anything I've made. Um, and outside of that, it was just like an, an experience within itself, not only for me, but like for the listener as well. Yeah. Um, but if if you're talking like career wise, I don't know. I think like, I think it's just like all the cool friendships and like connections I've made with people through music. Um, it's cool. Cause like, and th- this is kind of like, I don't want to say it's off topic, but it's like, it's stemming from my answer. But there's a lot of people that I looked up to early on in my music career, even like before I did vocals, like as a producer, that I was like, oh my God, like this dude makes the best beats or like this dude just fucking slays. And now it's like we DM like every week. Um, Like, I don't want to name too many people, but like there's like producers like uh, there's a dude named Oshi who just makes like crazy like like EDM trap, like chill wave type shit who I've been listening to since I was like 17. And I just recently fucking bought a beat off him that me and flowers are like doing a song on and like him and I DM every now and then, uh, there's this dude named Mark Arkinson, another producer, LA based, really cool guy. Um, super fucking, I've never talked to the dude until like last year, but like super sweet guy. Like, He's like one of the SoundCloud fucking four horsemen type guys. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it's so cool. Like knowing these people on a personal level and just like yeah. being able and to being like peers. Talk. Like, yeah, yeah. it's the same. Yeah. And just being able to like talk like about introspective shit with them and just like not like there's no walls. There's no right, like, right. I'm an artist, you're an artist. It's just like we are two people having a conversation type type deals That's and it's, it's just cool to have that be an option in this realm with artists that i've looked up to for years so i, I think that, that that's definitely one of my biggest achievements you know you're uh, you had a great answer last time and i feel like that's such a cool evolution honestly because mm-hmm. you talked about like kind of getting over like your social anxiety and how much that was like so now to not to hear that and then to be like the friends that mm-hmm. I've made and the things that built like is that yeah. not the perfect fucking evolution of that? No, yeah, it literally is. It's cool too because like I don't want to say I'm like back in my hole because I feel like I've like I've figured out how to deal with my social anxiety to an extent, but I feel like COVID hit 
And I was just like, oh, well, it fucked us up, dude. Yeah, I was like, back into my shell, I guess. <laughs> I'll be returning here. So, you're like putting a turtle shell yeah, on. You're like, yeah. it was fun on the outside. I'll be seeing yeah, you later, little, world. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gone again. Exactly. Nah, but like, I, I don't know. I think, yeah, like that all that fucked us all up. But uh, yeah, I just I actually really love that answer because I feel like that's such a rad evolution to that. Um, yeah, this is this is one I'm excited for. Current goal that you're chasing right now. Current goal that I'm chasing right now. So I just today, earlier today, probably maybe ten hours ago, uh, put in an application for a house that I'm trying to rent. Um, it's in a state that I have only traveled to just to look at houses. I've never really been to the state. I've never toured the state. I've never really done like anything in the state. Um, but it's a really cool spot. House is perfect. The fucking room for the studio that I'm envisioning is like fucking chef's kiss, dude. It's like, it's so good. Um, but yeah, I, I think I might get somewhat of a response by tomorrow. Fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully hearing back from them. Dude, that. this is insane. Do you know what your answer was last time? What was it? It was house related. And I was about to lose my mind. I actually like this a lot. And it's you thinking of a studio and all of that. But it was to own a house in the countryside by the time you're 25. Well, I turned 25 at the end of this year. And I am definitely not owning a house. And I'm still renting because it'd be like that. But it's it's definitely like moving from here to where I'm like figuring out where I'm gonna move is like a huge, a huge step. So and it would also be jumping the gun if you don't experience living in all sorts of different places to just go fucking buy a house. But again, exactly. like I just love that you're evolving upon like living and growing up and like getting your own space. So sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um and the last one, man advice to your past self now so if you were looking back to yourself at a past ver- or the future version of you the version of you now looking back at a past version of yourself what advice would you give yourself don't be so critical on yourself although i still have like a habit of doing that from time to time but i think a lot of mistakes or like flack that I've had to like catch up on has solely stemmed from me just being too hard on myself and being like oh like I'm not good enough or like I am unable to do this or this or this and I think a lot of the time I've like gotten through those situations where I've just like bypassed them completely by just like applying myself and doing what I know I can do deep down um and not not only with like music just like in general just like <clears throat> like i don't know just just having anxiety entirely like sometimes it's hard for me to even like go get groceries or like order food um or like go go get a coffee and like talk to like a barista and be like hi i want to blah, blah blah you know what i mean so um a lot of that is just mental and i think it's something that i can definitely like overcome if I'm just not so hard on myself and not so just like I don't know dude yeah I fucking love you 
and I'll tell you. you I'll tell you the answer on that last one because it's like the the evolution like I feel it on a personal level because I I really deeply related to a lot of your answers obviously not like your personal tour memories but like a lot of those pieces and that was something that I came back to when I listened to our episode again and it mm-hmm. like still rang true and it actually like re-inspired me and your answer the last time was don't be afraid to be yourself and dude like you articulated it so well in that last episode but now as i ask you that the reason it rings true and it hits me again is like when we recorded that last episode we were on a fucking tear like there was no such thing as a pandemic we were so wide-eyed you know like everything was so fresh and new and like oh my god what's happening and you were overcoming this social anxiety and these tours and all of these things and that advice it was so real and i felt it but now here we are later and i'm not here to like mope and be sad about it but it's like holy fuck what a weird reset where we had to get so introspective and where we were like blocked off and it's like all this progress of like, you know what, fuck it. Like, let's go out on tour and let's do all these things. And then it's like, cool, back to my shell, like pandemic. And it's like, yeah, hearing this version of that advice, it's like, I feel like I needed to hear that too. Because like, what do we do when we're alone? We just overly think ourselves and we're so critical on ourselves. And it's like, dude, I fucking feel that on a spiritual level. No, I definitely. Know. And I think like, like with, with the pandemic being thrown into the situation too, like there's a lot of pros and cons, more cons and pros, obviously. But I think being able to reflect on yourself in the midst of all this is like, you realize in the grand scheme of things, your problems and the things that you like hold close to yourself aren't as big or like as problematic as what the world is throwing in your midst. So I think just like be even just like being alive during something as crazy as this is like yo like this shit happens and like you and you're worried about this you know what i mean yeah 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 like i feel like i constantly am like catching myself be like oh like you're you're just like in your head about this and like all while this is going on and like i don't know it's as shitty as it sounds it's like helped me keep myself in check mentally and emotionally and yeah. it's kind of helped me resonate with problems outside of myself internally that's so. such a yes yes exactly yeah. no matter how dramatic in your head you get you're just like you, it forces this perspective where you're like i need to chill i mean yeah. easier said than done for sure no exactly and it's it's not even from like uh like a standpoint of like oh like there's other people going through like worse shit type type thing but it's like there's so much going on in the world right now for everybody like you're not alone in this like this yeah. is something that's going on universally it's not it's not just you it's not like like you're yeah you're in your head most of the time but like most of that is stemming from something that's going on universally and it's happening with everybody and everybody deals with it differently and that's okay and I think like I not to say like a pandemic needed to happen for me to like realize like, oh yeah, like I need to work on myself type shit. But I think it it happened 
And I think a lot of people came out of that being like, oh, well, this is going to be a thing for a while. I need to accept it. And I need to like learn more about myself and how I deal and cope with what's going on currently. Um, So I think like walking away from it, like everybody's kind of learning a lot about themselves and like strengthening that inner peace. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I just, I love that advice to come back to that piece. It's just like not to be so critical or hard on yourself because like Mm -hmm. that's the thing is like, that's what will get in the way of personal development and getting past these things is like when you're just like an asshole to yourself, like it's, you're your biggest cheerleader and you can't be doing that. But I don't know. I just, I don't want to steal your advice or paraphrase it, but it's just like, I remember your last round on those questions. I was like, fuck. And I'm like feeling it again where I'm just like, God, I love you. Like, and it's it's crazy that like, it's it's crazy how much I feel it and how much that's like quite the evolution of the same questions in such a crazy cool way. Yeah, it's cool that those answers are like relative to each other. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying like I'm glad you didn't know. Like, I'm glad that they're fresh real answers. Yeah, I was like, I feel like I kind of remembered what you asked, but not entirely. Yeah, fuck, man. Crazy. I mean, I I think we did the thing. We definitely went over the hour mark. Maybe I'll figure out how to cut it up or some shit. I don't know. I'm not too worried about it. But I I miss you, dude. It was. I'm so glad we got to do this. Nah, this has been a lot of fun. I'm glad we got the opportunity to do this. Oh, I totally forgot to to shout out. Uh, You started a podcast with all your friends, and it's very different from where all my friends. Um, Mm. It's it's. I love it because it's just. I feel like I'm sitting down with you, and I'm a fly on the wall of friends just fucking online together, ripping jokes and game lobbies. Like it's just so fun it's literally a chat room it's that's all it is it's just a fucking chat room we haven't done an episode in a little over a month but it's it's literally just a fucking chat room and it's just like friends shooting the shit telling stories like i don't know and it's, it's cool too because like one of those friends uh flowers shakim is like somebody from back home that i like have like a lot of history with i've known him for like seven plus years and we have all those stories to like bounce off of each other. And I think that kind of just like spreads through everybody else that's a part of the podcast. And we all just start shooting this shit about just like anything and everything. And uh yeah, I don't know. I wanna I wanna kind of evolve um within that podcast and like make something of it and like kind of like make it more professional, not professional, I... but like let me challenge you on that and say, I wish you wouldn't. I wish you done not to evolve, like not to not keep doing it, but like, don't worry about making it professional. Like people don't care. Like people care about like real fun, organic conversations and shit like that. And it's like, I all too often wish I had a show that was that. And I wish that I hadn't made a format. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it's fun. And I know typically like it's fun to learn about people's come ups and all that. And I hope that it helps people, but like, yeah. I love how honest and real it is. Like, I, I wish, like, don't, don't be ashamed of that. Like, like, please do. Like, let it ride. I promise you. It's like so honest and not vulnerable, but it's just real. Like, I feel like I'm there with yeah. y'all and I don't even know them. I feel like they're like my best <laughs> friends and I don't even fucking know them. Yeah, so. it's so chill. Did you have, did you hear or did you see like any of the highlights from the last one? I, I only listen on Spotify. I don't watch that. I didn't know there was highlights. So there's, it's all just like audio with like 
weird like trippy visuals. We don't like do any video stuff, but um, did you hear the one where Hamilton fell asleep? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so we're like mid podcasts, and I don't. I think we're talking about RuneScape or something. And Hamilton just falls asleep and starts snoring. I'll send you the <laughs> highlight of it. I like made like a promo clip out of it. It's just him snoring, and Brody goes, "Did Hamilton fall asleep?" And you just hear, <sighs> and it's just, it's just <laughs> Hamilton passed the fuck out. And oh, it's fuck! It's fucking funny. That that's the last episode that we did. He wakes up like twenty minutes later, and he just got like. Out of nowhere, we're mid conversation and somebody's talking. And he just goes, "Yeah," and they're like, "What the fuck?" And I, I just came back from like because I had ordered Uber Eats while we're in the podcast, and I like had just came back to the mic, and they're like, "Yo, like Hamilton just woke up," and I was like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "Oh, I fell asleep." <laughs> he didn't even know he fell asleep. Oh my god, that's the thing though is like, don't get rid of that. Like that's that's yeah. real. And I wish more people, I wish more friend groups would do shit like that. Like it's like, yeah. don't worry. Like you don't need some crazy elaborate format. Like just fucking hang out with your friends and hit record and see what happens. Your friends yeah, might we, fall asleep, and it's funny. Right. <laughs> we literally just like run shit through Discord with like a Discord bot, and that's it. And then I just like pop it into Audacity and like quick edit. That's so, it. That's it. Yeah. So I love that. And I wanted to mention thank you. that. Thank Bro, you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for yeah, doing this. You. This was long overdue. I just, I wanted to catch up with my friend and it was exactly that. So there you go. Garden part two. I freaking love Nick so much. I hope you liked that episode. If you did and you don't mind, share it with a friend, post it on social media. If you want even more, there is much more of this interview that I just had to cut out because of time constraints. So you can hear us talk all about him writing his last EP and a bunch of other odds and ends things. I was talking about our favorite podcasts and just some friend banter. You can find that at patreon.com slash where are all my friends. One other thing is if you want to join the where are all my friends discord channel, I recently started that and we've really had this incredible community. We've been doing a lot of like live hangs and talks where we all just talk and try to help each other out. And it's a lot more than just text and it feels like a really cool community already. So I'd love for you to join. I will put a link to join in the description. I think that says it all. Thank you so much for listening. Let me know who else you want to hear from. And I will be back next week with another episode.